The Guardian. I'm Jody Pico. And I'm Samantha Van Leer. And you are listening to the Guardian Children's Books Podcast. my whole life for Oliver, so you think another 15 minutes wouldn't matter. But it's 15 minutes that Oliver is alone on a bus, unmonitored, for the first time, with the most ruthless, malicious, soul-sucking creatures on earth. High school students. Going to high school is a little like being told you have to get up each morning and run headlong at 60 miles an hour into the same brick wall. After years, I've gotten pretty good at being invisible. That way you're less likely to become a target. But Oliver knows none of this. He's always been the center of attention. He's even more undeveloped socially than the boy who enrolled last year after nine years of being homeschooled in a yurt. Which is why I am actually breaking a sweat, imagining everything Oliver could be doing wrong. At this point, he's probably ten minutes into a story about the first dragon he ever encountered. And while he might think it's a great icebreaker, the rest of the bus will either peg him as the new druggie in town, or as one of those kids who run around speaking elvish. Either way, that kind of first impression is one that sticks for the rest of your life. Believe me, I know. I've spent my entire school career as that girl, the one who wrote VD Rocks on all her second grade valentines, and who literally walked into a wall once while reading a book. The one who recently reaffirmed her subterranean spot on the social status totem pole by accidentally punching out Allie McAndrews, the most popular girl in school. Oliver and I make a fabulous couple. Speaking of which, I kind of still can't believe we are one. Girls spend their lives dreaming of that perfect guy but always wind up settling when they realize he doesn't exist. I found mine. But he was trapped inside a fairy tale. How he came to be real and mine is a long story, but it's been the biggest adventure of my life. Just then, Oliver's bus pulls up to the front of the school. You know how there are some moments in your life when time just slows down? When you remember every detail, how the wind feels against your face, how the freshly cut grass smells, how snippets of conversation become a dull background buzz, and how in that instant there's only the beat of your heart and the breath that you draw and the person whose eyes lock with yours. Oliver is the last one to step off the bus. His dark hair is ruffled by the breeze. He's wearing the white shirt and jeans I picked out for him and an unzipped hoodie. He walks towards me as if there aren't 300 people staring at him, the new kid, as if it doesn't matter in the least that the popular girls are tossing their hair and batting their lashes like they're at a photo shoot, or that the jocks are all sizing him up as competition. He walks as if the only thing he can see is me. Oliver swings me in a circle like I weigh nothing at all. Hello, he says, and he kisses me. I can feel everyone's eyes on me, their mouths gaping. Not gonna lie, I could get used to this. That was a reading from Off the Page, and it was being read by Samantha Van Leer, who's here with her mother, Jodie Pico, and together they've written Off the Page, which is a sequel or a companion volume to their first book together, Between the Lines. Now, Between the Lines tells the story of how Oliver gets to 
escape from that fairy tale that you mentioned, Sammy, and his life in the real world. First of all, I mean, let's go right back to the beginning because this, this book isn't the beginning between the lines is the beginning. How on earth did you come to write a book together? It all started with Sammy. She was 13 years old and she called me up one day when I was on book tour and she said, I think I have a really good idea for a book. Um, I had been daydreaming in my eighth grade French class, so I was 13 years old, and I was thinking, what happens when we close a book? Because I just couldn't believe that the characters waited there for us, frozen in time, waiting for us to return and breathe the life back into them. And I started to think about the personalities our favorite characters from books could take on while the book is closed. And what if there was a prince in a fairy tale who is really sick of saving the princess because she's actually pretty stupid and he's just not that into her. And what if he wanted out of this book where his life was the same every single day and into the real world where everything was new? And what if there was a girl in the real world who was reading this fairy tale a lot? She was actually a little obsessed with it, but she was way too old to be reading it. But the prince in it was really, really hot. So she kept reading it anyway. And what if they were able to come together to get the prince out of this book and into her world? So when Sammy told me all that, I thought she was absolutely brilliant because really, who hasn't had a literary crush? And I thought it was resonant enough that older fans and younger fans might enjoy it. And that was why I suggested that we write it together. And what was your reaction to that? I was shocked. I told my mom uh, many of my ideas before, and that's all I was doing with this story. I just wanted her to hear that I had this thought. But the fact that she asked me to write it with her, I knew meant that she thought this was a really good idea because she wanted this to be real. She didn't want this to just be a silly little project of mine. She wanted this to be a real book because obviously the time she spends on writing is for her work and not for just play. And how did you practically turn it into a real book? How did it work writing a book together? So we would literally sit in my office for eight hours a day side by side and we would talk the book out loud together. We just go back and forth really saying lines. I would say a line, my mom would counter with another one. She typed because she was much faster than I am. And we go back and forth like that until the entire book was written out. There's even some moments where we would have this brilliant idea, both of us, and we were stumbling over each other to get our ideas out. And we'd stop and we'd realize that we were both saying the exact same thing. So actually working the way we did, going back and forth like that, worked for us because we had the exact same vision for this book and the exact same idea in mind. Which all sounds quite harmonious, but I can imagine <laughs> that a lot of the, the teen members of the Guardian Children's Book site are going to be thinking, hmm, I don't think me writing a book with my mum is going to be like that. Surely it wasn't all sweetness and light all the Absolutely time. Absolutely not. We definitely argued a lot. Um, when we were writing Between the Lines, for example, one of the things that we argued about was what the nature of the fairy tale should be that Oliver's trapped in. And I really wanted it to be light and fluffy like Shrek. Sammy wanted it to be dark and gothic like the Brothers Grimm. And she said, you know, it's really important that it's dark so that we see the high stakes for Oliver and why he wants to get out. And it was a very good explanation, but I figured, well, I've got all this experience. She doesn't. Clearly, I'm right. So I figured we'd write the fairy tale the way she wanted us to. And then when she was at school, I was going to fix it without her knowing. And uh, if you read between the lines, you know that that is not what happened. The fairy tale elements are very dark and gothic. 
And um, I really needed to learn that. That was my learning process during this. I couldn't treat Sammy as an intern. I had to take her ideas very seriously and treat her like a co-author. And once I did that, we began to work, I think, a lot more smoothly together. And for you, what about working with somebody else in terms of the solitude of a writer? You, you've been used to years and years of working alone. Did it help assuage any loneliness or did you long to get back to just being on your own writing? It was awesome. There is nothing better than having someone you can bounce ideas off and run with and and brainstorm with. Uh, when you do it by yourself in an office, you just sound schizophrenic. So it's really fun to be able to say, hey, what if this happened? And then have Sammy say, well, then this could happen and so on. And, and we would trade back and forth and either wind up with a terrific scene or wind up writing ourselves into a corner that we then had to back out of. Um, to the point where, you know, when I went back to writing my solitary adult novels, it was a little sad. I, I miss writing with her when I'm not writing with her. I, I think that fun comes through in the humour, which is a, a really unexpected <laughs> pleasure in this book. I, was, I wasn't expecting to laugh during it. Yeah. And how did you, did, did you vie to make each other laugh as you were writing? How, how did the humour work? I think it's honestly just the humor we naturally have between the two of us. My family is known for its never-ending list of inside jokes. It's pretty hard to slip into a conversation at my family's <laughs> dinner table because we just have so many little things. Um, but I think also we did have in mind that we wanted to make it a funny book because I think right now everything is apocalyptic fiction. And everything is very severe in YA novels. So we wanted something that would make a kid laugh and remind them that reading can also be fun, not just dramatic. And I think, too, part of the evolution of this series was to go from Between the Lines, which is really about getting your happy ending, to Off the Page, which is really about whether there are consequences to getting a happy ending. Um, there are dark things that happen in Off the Page and sad things that happen in Off the Page. And very often when you're writing about things that are depressing or sad, you want humor as a foil. It makes the bad stuff look even more severe, but it also gives the reader a chance to pause and take a breath and say, I'm okay for right now. There's one very sad thing that happens in the book. Well, there's a few sad things, but there's one which I think is very sad. It's very sad. And <laughs> we know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, I won't say any more about it than that. But moving on to characters, do you have favorite characters from the book and which ones? My favorite in Off the Page was Serafima. She was the most fun to write, honestly, because she is so innocently mean. She doesn't realize she's treating everyone as if they're peasants. Um, because she just truly believes she's a princess and she thinks that everyone is working for her. She was really fun to write because there's a scene in our book where she's at a mall, at a real world mall, and she just, it's place of princess in a mall and you can understand how hilarious that is. She's trying to dress the Abercrombie men uh, who are standing shirtless outside the, <laughs> the store and she takes the entire tray of food samples because she didn't realize you can only have just one. And it's it was just hilarious to write and so much fun. She also discovers bras for the first time, which right. is a that great too. scene. Yeah. I love yes. that bit. I totally forgot about I that. I forgot about that too. That was a good scene. Yeah. And I actually, um, I love Serafima. She was a lot of fun. That scene was a lot of fun to write. 
but I also really like Jules. I like Jules because she is the anti-princess and sort of the dark vein in this series and edgy and tough, but she winds up very much out of her comfort zone and in a place that's very much out of her comfort zone. And I loved throwing her into that situation and see what she made of it. What next for these characters? Surely that's not it. I can't believe you couldn't bear to say goodbye to them at this point. Are you planning? Well, well you might have a difference of opinion here. Um, <laughs> for right now, I'm saying they're done. I feel that my main focus was on Oliver and Delilah, and I think their story has been told. So I'm calling it done. But I know my mom has some other opinions. I think that... I think you're right. I do think Oliver and Delilah have been settled, but I think there are some characters who've been left in a lurch at the end. So I will point out that, you know, two years ago, Sammy said, no, no sequel, never writing another book. I'm done. This was really hard and managed to come around eventually and say she was ready to write off the page. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe eventually she will come around and and decide she wants to write again with me. Then what next in general? You're, you're at college, so you're focusing on that. Yes, I have two more years left, and I'm actually on a special track at Vassar College where I go to graduate with certification in elementary education. So that is my first plan. I might go get my master's as well after college is over. So yeah, I guess my plan right now is to be a teacher, but I always say that I do have the summers off so I could continue writing if I wanted to. And I have had a couple ideas for children's books, which would be really interesting to write and then be able to implement in my own classroom. And write them on your own with no interference. That's true. (laughs) And the other thing that's very exciting about this series is that we are still working together because Between the Lines and Off the Page are being turned into a hopefully Broadway-bound musical. And so we have been working very hard for the past year with a Tony Award-winning producer, with a fantastic creative team, two composer and lyricists who've been writing all these great songs, and a wonderful guy who is adapting the books into script form for us. And it really has been a true collaboration. Sammy and I are part of the developing team, and we're there with them all the time, giving our feedback and directing where the show is headed. We're actually leaving the UK to go back for a reading of Act Two to see how that all sounds put together with a bunch of Broadway actors. So it's very exciting, and we're hoping it's something that you know you guys will eventually get to see. When do you expect that to open? Such an excellent question. You never <laughs> know. It is, it is such a bizarre and difficult process, and at any point you could be rerouted. The fastest that I could imagine it making it to Broadway or off-Broadway would be 2017, and that would be incredibly ambitious. For us to have written an entire show in one year is actually almost unheard of. Most shows take about seven to ten years. Wow. Yeah, so we're sort of cracking a whip but really enjoying it. Great. Well, fingers crossed it it makes it to the West End as well. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com slash audio.